In your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter number 12, 1 Samuel chapter number 12, and we're working through this story. Samuel has been chosen of the Lord and has been serving the Lord his whole life, and the nation of Israel rebels against God and they want a king. Samuel's upset about it. God says, no, just let them do what they want to do. And God turns them over and lets them do something that is second best at least and something that's wrong because they want to and they sin against God and they choose a king and Saul's the king. God's going to use Saul in a special way to set up an opportunity for David to be the next king and it's an interesting set of events. Uh, We meet up in chapter number 11, I don't know if you remember from uh, our last message, chapter number 11, the men of the people of Jabesh-Gilead, that's one of the tribes, one of the nations of Israel, they are in a real pickle. The Ammonites, led by Nahash, that snake, have set out to defeat them. They've got a big army, and the Ammonites have said, here's what we're going to do. We'll make a pact with you, and we won't kill you all, and we promise we won't, but we're going to pluck out all of your right eyes. You remember that? And Saul hears about this and the weeping and the people of Jabesh Gilead are hoping that someone will come to help them. And Saul, he does something very unusual. He chops up in little chunks a team of oxen and sends chunks of oxen all over the nation of Israel and just lets everybody know, here's the message from Saul. If you don't come and help Jabesh Gilead defeat the Ammonites, your ox are going to look like this. And the people responded. And 330,000 men showed up to fight against the Ammonites and defeated them soundly on behalf of Jabesh Gilead. The conclusion of chapter number 11, Saul says something very interesting. Now, Saul does something right. Saul gives God glory for the victory. There's a group of people who want to worship Saul and they think, Oh man, Saul's awesome. Saul this, Saul that. Saul says, wait, wait, God gave us the victory. And then Samuel speaks up in the end, chapter number 11, and says this in verse number 14, chapter 11. Then said Samuel to the people, Come and let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. That's a very important phrase as we look into the next chapter, chapter number 12, because chapter 12 is Samuel's message to the nation of Israel. It's his message of renewal to the nation of Israel after the defeat of the Ammonites. Now, what's happened lately in the nation of Israel? They've chosen a king over God. They've rebelled against God. They've rebelled against God's faithfulness. They've rebelled against God's faithful man. They've rebelled against God. And God has shown himself mighty and Samuel says, I want to do something. I want to have a renewal of the kingdom. I want to get us a fresh start. We've messed up and the nation has messed up and we've sinned against God, but I want to give you a fresh start. And we come to our text, chapter number 12, and it's the record of Samuel setting up the nation of Israel for a fresh start. How many of you are thankful in your Christian life that God gives us an opportunity for renewal and fresh starts? Would you say amen? I'm thankful that we don't have to wait 
from one year to the next for a revival meeting to come around or a teen camp to happen in order to have a renewal or a fresh start. The Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. We get a fresh start with God anytime we want it. And I'm thankful for that. So tonight I'd like to preach this message. God gives a fresh start. The renewed kingdom. God gives a fresh start. I only know something. God wants to give you a fresh start. There's some things we need to pay attention to as we begin this fresh start. And I'll have you know that there's none of us that are excluded from the need of a fresh start. We should search our hearts and let God work in our lives and renew the work that God has done and will do and wants to do in our hearts. God gives a fresh start. Follow along with me as we read this chapter of Scripture. First Samuel chapter 12, the Bible says, And Samuel said unto all Israel, Behold, I have hearkened unto your voice and all that ye said unto me, and have made a king over you. There's the point of contention. I've made a king over you. And now, behold, the king walketh before you, and I am old and gray-headed, and behold, my sons are with you. And I have walked before you from my childhood unto this day. Behold, here I am. Witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose oxen have I taken? Or whose ass have I taken? Or whom have I defrauded? Or whom have I oppressed? Or of whose hand have I received any bribe to blind mine eyes therewith? And I will restore it you. And they said, Thou hast not defrauded us, nor oppressed us, neither hast thou taken aught of any man's hand. And he said unto them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that ye have not found aught in my hand. And they answered, He is witness. At the beginning of this passage of Scripture, Samuel says, Now I want to remind you of something. How have I been unfaithful as the leader? The spiritual leader of Israel. How have I been faithful? And the whole nation says, you've not been. You've been faithful. The story continues, verse number 6. Samuel said to the people, It is the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron and that brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Now therefore stand still that I may reason with you before the Lord of all the righteous acts of the Lord which he did to you and to your fathers. When Jacob was come into Egypt, and your fathers cried unto the Lord, then the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, which brought forth your fathers out of Egypt, and made them dwell in this place. And when they forgot the Lord their God, he sold them into the hands of Sisera, captain of the host of Hazor, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab. And they fought against them. And they cried unto the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord, and have served Balaam and Ashtaroth. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, and we will serve thee. And the Lord sent Jerubbabel and Bedan and Jephthah and Samuel and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and ye dwelled safe. And when ye saw that Nahash, you remember that snake from chapter number 11? When ye saw that Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, came against you, ye said unto me, Nay, but a king shall reign over us when the Lord your God was your king. Now therefore, behold, the king whom ye have chosen and whom ye have desired 
And behold, the Lord hath set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you, as it was against your fathers. Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call on the Lord, and he shall send thunder and rain, that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great which ye have done in the sight of the Lord in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. For we have added unto all our sins this evil, to ask us a king. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, ye have done all this wickedness, Yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. But if ye shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your king. Samuel gives a pointed message, a message of renewal, a chance to start fresh. And I pray that we'll learn from this text and from this story and from the Word of God tonight about a fresh start. A fresh start. Folks, we need a fresh start. Sin enters into our lives and we get sidetracked with this and that and everything else and we fall into the traps of the devil and do things that we know are contrary to God and His Word. We need a fresh start. And I pray the Lord will help us to get that beginning tonight and thinking a lot about our teens and our teen camp, our young people. I'd encourage you, even tonight, to ask the Lord, Lord, help me to have a fresh start. Help me to get a clean slate. Help me to go into a week of spiritual emphasis, fresh and new and clean. Or give me a fresh start. How can I have a fresh start? The Bible text gives us some ideas and some insight into that. The first thing is this, number one, identify your sin. Identify your sin. What did God give Samuel to say when he began this renewal of the kingdom in chapter number 12? The first thing he did was God gave Samuel a message that said, Hey, listen, you have sinned against a faithful leader. Now, the Bible says in chapter number 12 and verse number 1, Samuel said unto all Israel, Behold, I have hearkened unto your voice and all that ye said unto me and have made a king over you. He says, I've done what God told me to do and what you ask. And I've made a king over you. And what you've done is wrong. And now, behold, the king walketh before you. And I am old and gray-headed. And behold, my sons are with you. And I have walked before you from my childhood to this day. He says, I've been faithful all this time. He says, I, Behold, here I am. 
Witness against me. Before the Lord, before he's anointed, whose ox have I taken? Whose ass have I taken? He says, who, who have I taken things unjustly from? Of whom have I defrauded? Who have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? Who have I received any bribe to blind my eyes? Who have I, who have I received a, bri- a bribe from that I would just turn my eyes and disregard sin? And the whole nation speaks up in verse 5 and says, we witnessed this fact that you've not done that. And Samuel just reminds them, listen here people, you have sinned against your faithful, godly leader. Folks, this is something we need to pay close attention to. In all of our lives, we need to recognize that God brings people along our paths that instruct us and lead us and bless us and teach us. God wants us to submit to the authority of the Scripture and submit to the people that God's put in our lives. I'm thinking about teenagers right now. And and I don't claim to be some super authority, but I will say this. What I preach is the authority, and the Bible's our authority, and we must submit to the authority of the Scripture. What did the people of Israel want? They didn't want the authority of the Scripture. They didn't want the authority of the preacher, the prophet. They wanted the To be like everybody else, they want a king. They want a kingdom and a king. And they wanted to have servants and rulers and pomp and circumstance. A system that was secondary at best to what God had aligned and set up. But they rebelled against their authority. Did it help them? No. They rebelled against their authority. They sinned against God's ordained leadership in their lives. I'm thinking very specifically about our teenagers, our young people. I'm going to preach to you guys tonight. I'm not going to get to preach. I like to go to preach camp. I've got to sit and listen this week. So here you go. You're in big trouble tonight. I really want you to think with me for just a moment. Are you sinning against the leadership that God has placed in your life? Are you rebelling against God's word? That would be the first one. Are you rebelling against the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you rebelling against... The preaching and teaching of God's word that you know is clear and right. Are you rebelling? Here's the big one. Against your parents, your grandparents, the authorities in your life. I want you to understand something. All folks under the sound of the voice of my voice tonight, listen. If you rebel against the authorities that God has placed in your life, you cannot expect to have God's blessing. And you need to identify your sin. The Bible says that Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. That's pretty bad. How many of you are idol worshipers? How many witches we got in our midst? I don't think anyone raised their hands. The Bible says what you're doing in rebelling against the leadership that God's placed in your life is worse than witchcraft. Now God remind us they sinned against their faithful leader. They sinned against their faithful leader. God places authorities and God places an emphasis before us. Why? So he can put us in bondage? No, so he can set us free. God has a plan. They identified their sin. He stayed sinned against their faithful leader. Not only had they sinned against their faithful leader, but worse than that, they had sinned against their faithful God. In verses number 6 through 13, the Bible gives us a story of the history of the nation of Israel. In verse number 6, the Bible says Samuel's 
telling them, reminding them of the history of the nation of Israel. And it says, It is the Lord Jehovah that advanced Moses and Aaron and that brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. He reminded this people, the people of Israel, that they had spent 400 years as slaves in Egypt and God sent Moses and Aaron to bring them out of that mess. And God had used Joshua to set them free and bring them into the promised land. They were where they were because God had been faithful. God had done it. Verse number 7, he says, Now therefore stand still that I may reason with you before the Lord of all the righteous acts of the Lord which he did to you and to your fathers. He said, I want to remind you of all that God has, did, has done. You remember when Jacob was come, verse 8, when Jacob was come into Egypt and your fathers cried unto the Lord? Then the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, which brought forth your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. And when they forgot the Lord their God, he sold them into the hands of Sisera. He says, they were delivered. Then we know that the people of Israel rebelled against God again. We see it all through the book of Judges. When they rebelled, God sold them into the hand of Sisera, into their enemies, the Philistines. In verse 10, they cried unto the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord and have served Balaam and Ashtaroth, but now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, and we will serve them. Here's the theme. The first theme is they cried to God. The nation of Israel cried to God, and God sent them a redeemer, Moses and Aaron. They cried to God, and sent, God sent them a redeemer and sent them a judge, someone to bring them out of the bondage of the world. He says, But you guys have done something awful. Here's the contrast, verse 12. He says, When ye saw that Nahash the king of the children of Ammon came against you, ye said unto me, Nay, we don't want God. We want a king that shall reign over us when the Lord your God was your king. He says, You cried for a king. He says, You've done wickedly. Before you, they cried for God, but you have cried for a king, and they sinned against their faithful God. I want to remind you of something. You may think that you're sinning against the strictness of a pastor or the strictness of a parent. You may think that you're sinning against or acting in rebellion against some buffoon that doesn't know what they're talking about. But when you sin against God and the goodness of God and you look to something to give you peace and something to give you joy and something to give you satisfaction that's outside of God's will and God's blessing and is sinful. You've rebelled and rejected God. Your problem is not with your parents. Your problem is not with some person. Your problem is with the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You've rejected God. And if we're going to have a fresh start, you know what we need to do? We need to identify our sin. I'm not just speaking to our teens. I'm speaking to every person here. Have you rejected God? Have you rebelled against God? Are you making excuses for your sin? You're making excuses for your gossip? Making excuses for your infidelity? You're making excuses for your sin? If you are, then you've rebelled against God, and I'll have you know something. The world will never satisfy. Only God can. The nation of Israel said, oh, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king. I'll just have you know something. Saul, and we'll see it more and more as the days go on, that Saul never brought peace and joy and satisfaction 
to God's people. And it's a great picture of the fact that rebellion against God will never satisfy the thirst and hunger of your soul. And if you choose anything over God, you're making a terrible mistake. We don't preach this message in order that we might have followers to our church. We preach this message so that people will surrender to God and have the freedom that only God can give. Every time you rebel against God, you know what you're doing? You're moving yourself away from the joy that God has promised to give you. You're moving yourself away from the freedom that God has promised you can have. You're moving yourself away from the path that God has designed for your life that is perfect and wonderful and gives you what you ultimately yearn for and desire. Let me tell you something. I hear testimonies occasionally of what someone sacrificed for God. And I understand. I saw recently an NFL football player who's retiring earlier so he can go into the ministry. And if he's right with God, it seems like he probably is, he would probably testify to this. It may appear that I'm giving up something of value to do something of lesser value. But the truth of the matter is he's esteemed God greater than the world. That's where it's at. It's not a matter of, oh, feel sorry for me. I've given up so much to serve the Lord. Oh, feel sorry for me. I've given up my childhood so that I can be a good boy or girl. You've not given up anything. You've unlocked and opened the treasure chest of God's blessing on your life by saying yes to God. You get what God will give you, and you'll have something. You get what the world, the flesh, and the devil gives you, and you'll find that it ends in death and destruction and heartache and grief. And the nation of Israel, when Samuel said, Hey, listen, guys, we've got to start fresh. We've got to clean up. We need a renewed kingdom. The first thing he says and teaches them is you need to identify your sin. You've sinned against the faithful leader that God has given you. You've sinned against God, your faithful God, by wanting the world rather than him. If we're going to have a fresh start, we need to identify our sin, number one. Number two, if we're going to have a fresh start, we need to acknowledge God's sign. Now, there's an interesting thing that happens in this story. Samuel says, I'm going to prove to you with a sign that what I say is true. An interesting thing happens. Here's what happens. Look what the Bible says in verse number 15. Samuel says, If ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. Verse 16. Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. It is not, is it not wheat harvest today? Question mark. I will call on the Lord, and he shall send thunder and rain, that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which ye have done in the sight of the Lord in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Well, Samuel begins it. He says, I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to pray to God during this wheat harvest. That he'll send thunder and rain. Wheat harvest at the end of the season, at a time when it was normally very dry. Rain in this land was very rare. At this moment, a big thunder and rain in this place on the planet at this time of the year would be as rare as 12 inches of snow in June in Miami, Florida. It just doesn't happen. Samuel said, here's what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to do something so that, and I'm going to ask God to show you something so that you know that you're in need of a fresh start. He prays, and guess what happens? It thunders and rains, and everyone fears the Lord. Oh, my lands, this is real. How's this apply to me, preacher? God gives you a fresh start when we identify our sin, when we acknowledge God's sign. I don't think that God's going to send 12 inches of snow in Miami, Florida this morning or this afternoon so that you know that God is God. But I do believe that God works in signs and God works in our hearts. I'm not saying that we're looking for some extra revelation. Don't get me wrong. But I do believe that God works in our lives. How does God work in our lives to show us that we need a renewed kingdom, that we need a fresh start? He convicts us of our sin. Have you ever felt the conviction of sin? That's wonderful, actually. I remember as a young teenager, I'm almost ashamed to say this, but I feel like I should. I remember as a young teenager, I decided the cool thing was to use bad words. By the way, I was dead wrong. And I remember just every chance I got when mom or someone was not around. And it got to a place, even there for a time, where I didn't care who was around. I had a filthy mouth. And I'll never forget, I went to church camp. Pastor Chuck was preaching. He's preaching on the Ten Commandments. And he preached a message on thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And God used that message to convict me. I had began a little earlier to feel filthy and dirty and guilty because of my trashy mouth. But God used that message as a turning point for me to understand that I need to change. You know what I did? I took it as a sign from the Lord. And I obeyed. I, it's just, I, I'm so, I rejoice at that moment in my childhood. Because I remember going to camp with a mouth full of trash and sadly a heart full of trash. And I remember leaving camp and never saying a cuss word again. It was good. God gave me a sign. I felt the guilt of my sin. I, I remember, this, was so, this is so sweet. There was this couple, we had this group of men that we ate together on Friday mornings. We had breakfast at a restaurant, mostly elderly men. We ate together, and one guy would bring devotion. We had this waitress, and she consistently started coming to uh, be was our waitress. And one day she asked me, she said, could we come to your church? I said, well, yeah. She said, well, my, and she was a little shy about it, my, my boyfriend and I, we have four kids, and uh, we, can we come to your church? I said, yeah, we can come to your, you can come to my church. And it wasn't very long after they started coming to our church that they both got saved. But I'll never forget what the man said to me. He said, he gave a testimony after he got saved. He said, you know, I just got to the place where I didn't want to talk like that anymore. I just got, God, I just got to the place, I didn't want to talk like that anymore. I didn't want to act like that anymore. But it was an emphasis on his speech and the words that he was using. He said, I just got to the place, I didn't want to talk like that anymore. And God used that as a sign, as a moving in his heart and his life that said, hey, you need to get right. He acknowledged God's sign. Listen, if you have conviction of your sin, you feel guilty about things you've been doing, then you know what God's doing? God's whispering in your spirit. He's saying, hey, listen, get right. It's time for a fresh start. 
If you feel guilt over the deeds that you're doing, over the things that you're watching, over the places you're going, if you feel guilt, that's nothing to ignore. The guilt is God calling out to you, quit, stop, change, now. Don't ignore the signs. It's amazing the nation of Israel when the rain started to fall at a time when it never rained before. They feared God and they said, you know what? We have got to make a change. We have got to follow the Lord. We have got to trust the Lord. They acknowledged God's sign. Conviction, guilt, a sense of uncleanness, trouble. You know something that God used off as a sign? Have you ever got to a spot where you've been doing horrible, you've been doing the wrong thing, and you got in trouble? Trouble is something God uses. Use the trouble you've gotten into as a chance to pivot, to turn, to do different. Acknowledge God's sign. God's giving you a second chance. Acknowledge God's sign. I just want you to know something. It's time for a fresh start. God sent a sign to the nation of Israel. And God's working in your heart. And God's working in this place. And God is moving among you. And he's saying, stop doing that. I've been so good to you. How could you continue in that sin? Stop it. Get right. It's time for a fresh start. God gives us a fresh start when we identify our sin. God gives us a fresh start when we acknowledge God's sign. And finally, number three, God gives us a fresh start when we turn to the Savior. When you read this initially, you think, oh man, they messed up so bad there's no hope for them. Oh man, they've messed up so badly there's no hope for them. They've completely changed the structure of the nation of Israel by asking for a king. Oh no, there's no hope for them. But Samuel, on several occasions in this chapter of Scripture, says, there is hope for you. In verse 14, he says, if ye will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. He says, look, if you'll just determine to follow the Lord, irregardless to what you've done in the past, as grievous as it is, you can continue following the Lord and there's hope for you. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad there's hope for you? It doesn't matter how bad you've been or where you've come from. There's hope for you. Scripture continues in verse 19. The Bible says, And all the people said unto Samuel, this is after the sign, All the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. And here's what they acknowledge. I love how, how they say it. We have added unto all our sins this evening. They said, We've been really bad, and we've added more to it by asking for a king. We've added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. And Samuel, in verse 20, said, Unto the people, fear not. I love that phrase. You know what's awesome? As rotten as you've been. You may identify with the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel had got to the place. God had got their attention. They said, oh no. We already had a stack of sins that high. And then we went and asked for a king. And we've added that mess on top of the mess we already had. Have you ever felt like you added mess on top of the mess you already had? They're like, oh, no, Samuel, pray for us. We're hopeless. Samuel says, no, you're not hopeless. He says, fear not. Look at verse 20. Fear not, 
ye have done all this wickedness. He says, I don't deny it. You've done all this wickedness. Yet, turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things. If you, go, if you turn aside, if you, instead of renewing your heart, instead of renewing the king, instead of getting a fresh start, if you just keep on going, you know what you're going to do? He says, you're going to make a bigger mess. Now's the time to change. You're going to get in vain things that do not profit. Verse 22, for the Lord will not forsake his people. Aren't you glad of that? The Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Verse 23, moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. I love what this leader does. Maybe this should be a reminder to parents dealing with, with children who have stepped away from the Lord. What does Samuel the prophet do? Samuel the prophet brings a rough message. But he says, I want to remind you, and I want to remind you people, that here's the spirit of your preacher. Samuel, he says, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. He says, I'm going to keep praying for you. He said, not only that, he says, I will teach you the good and the right way. Isn't that great? Sam says, look, I'm not throwing you out. I'm not casting you aside. I'm not giving, I don't care what you've done. I'm not giving up on you because God hasn't. He says, I'm going to teach you the good and the right way. Isn't that the right spirit for God's people to have? I'm afraid there's been a lot of Christians through the years have looked down their self-righteous nose at some rotten thing that some kid has done or some rotten thing that some couple has done or some rotten thing that some person has done in the kingdom of God and cast them away and declared them wicked and unrighteous and unholy and unworthy and Samuel gives a great example he says huh. he says, I'm not going to sin against God and cease to pray for you I'm not only going to pray for you, but I'm going to teach you the good and the right way. I like that spirit. The Bible says, verse 24, what do we do? We're to turn to our Savior. We're to turn to the Savior. We're to turn to God because He's faithful. And verse 24 is one of the most beautiful verses in all the Bible. Look at it with me. Samuel says, only fear the Lord. He says, put it at the top of your list. Number one, only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. You know what God wants to remind us of? His goodness. His goodness. He says, you just remember all the great things God has done. First of all, by for reminding you that he's forgiven you of your egregious sin of calling for a king. You remember all the great things God has done for you. Fear the Lord. Serve him with all your heart. Consider how great things he hath done for you. He says, turn to the Lord. Turn to your Savior. He says, if you'll turn to God, you'll turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll find grace and forgiveness and peace and everything you want. Turn to the Lord. It's time for a fresh start. Turn to the Lord. He says in verse 25, but, you see, when you turn to the Lord, there's a bright hope. But, there's an alternative. You pay attention. If you're tempted to continue in your rebellion, Continue in your sin. Continue your wickedness. But if ye shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both you and your king. 
What do you say is going to happen? If you don't turn to the Lord, you'll be consumed. And the very thing that you worship and love and want more than God, you'll be consumed and it will too. Oh, how many times has somebody put all their eggs in the basket of some sinful pleasure? They put all their eggs in the basket of some sinful pleasure and come to find out that it just faded away. How many young ladies have you seen that fell head over heels in lust for a rotten boy that's away from God? She sold everything she had, her youth, for him. But it wasn't long till. He was no more. How many young men have fallen into the trap chasing after some sinful girl put all their eggs in that basket and before you know it, it's over. Rebelled. How many times have you put all your eggs in the basket of some worldly desire and just left God out? Before you know it, the worldly desires faded, the joy for it, the excitement about it. And you faded till you missed your chance. I want you to know something. Right now, if you're breathing air, you have an opportunity for a fresh start. Isn't that good? By all means, don't be so foolish to say no to God and His mercy and His grace. Identify the sin, acknowledge the sign, and turn to the Savior. You'll be glad you did. I can guarantee it. You'll be glad you did.